Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning, coming to you from the beautiful trails in Ogden, Utah, but connecting you to wherever trail, ultra, and mountain running takes us. We'll bring trail running to life with amazing athletes, discuss the latest topics, epic journeys, and get you stoked for your next trail adventure. We're sharing the moments that make life special, because even a rough day on the trail beats a good day indoors, and nothing beats time spent with good friends and great stories. Catch us here weekly for your dose of dirt, hurt, and good vibes. So now, it's time to top off your water, grab some cheese curds, and join us for this week's podcast, where we take you deep into the heart of our sport. It's go time. Hello and welcome to episode number 330 of the Trail Manners Podcast. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes can be found at trailmanners.com. Come back often and please feel free to add the podcast to your RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter or X, Instagram and Facebook at Trail Manners. And don't forget to subscribe, review and rate us on iTunes. Trail Manners would really appreciate any donation via our website at trailmanners.com. And please remember to share us with your friends. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Trail Manners Podcast. I am your host, Eric Manning. Launch date here is 2-6-2024. Just a few days after the Groundhog Day, which is an early spring, which we've already started here in Utah. Had January, and now we're headed back into February. Uh, got a great guest on. We've been off for a couple of weeks, just recuperating and uh, replanning or, or planning or rescheduling or getting ready for more podcasts. How's that? Um, so well, I'm going to start with the beer of the week. The beer of the week, surprisingly, and I'm going to say that because the guest that I'm going to introduce here in a moment brought the beer of the week in, and it is from Roja Brewing Company, the Big Green couch. Now I love the name and I would actually love a big green couch. Uh, this is their double dry hopped double IPA 8%. I really like this thing. Like I've had it just a couple times before. Um, it says it pairs with backpacks, sunset hikes, and aimless adventures. So come on, how does that not go with the podcast? We could substitute maybe backpacks for hydration packs, sunset hikes for sunset runs. You got what I'm saying. Uh, but this is a great beer. Super excited. Uh, let's see. It's the Brewer's Secret. It says, Sim- Simcoe Hop Editions bring a bright citrus aroma. Super tasty. Recommended. Love it. So thank you so much to our guest who brought not just an IPA, but three, folks, three packs of coveted cheese curds. So thank you so much to our guest sitting across from me, Heidi Waddups. You're on the first time on the show. First time, yeah. Thanks for having me. And am I right? Is this the first time you've been on a podcast? Yes. So this is new territory. This is new territory. It's a wow. little a little intimidating, but exciting. Well, don't be intimidated. We we take things easy here. Um, you've already started off. I mean, I mean, if we ended the show right now, this would be a huge success for me, just because I've got a really tasty IPA and three packs of cheese curds. Awesome. So thanks for bringing those. Absolutely. And we also got a breakout for the first time ever, Trail Manners Podcast Coasters. Yeah, they're pretty cool. That is pretty fancy. I feel branded now. Very official. 
Well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for being on. you got a great voice. I can hear you in the thing. So far as that goes, everybody gets nervous, especially if they've never been on a podcast. But it's going to be fantastic. So Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm super excited. Thanks for taking the time to come in. Um, again, it's uh, February. Um, obviously, you live here in our area. But uh, what are your thoughts on this weather? I like the snow. I'm one of those snow people, snow people that yeah. live in Utah. Yeah. So... When we're getting rain in January and February, I'm wishing it was snow. Yeah. So the early spring, it is good for trail running. So, I mean, there's always good and bad, yeah. but yeah. See, and I look at it and as I, we need this, always need the snow, just yep. need it anyway, whether you like it or not, you need it. But I also say I'll be selfish and take advantage of what mother nature's given me. Yes. And so if I can run on dirt, which we're doing right now and in, in a lot of places right now, um, we'll take, we'll, we'll do that. But you are a, you are a, uh, a, a, a summer winter person. Yeah. A lot too. Right. Yeah. You guys ski a lot. We ski a lot. I do like all the seasons though. Yeah. I think that's a big perk of living in Utah oh, too. It's the all best. the seasons. Yeah. There's something good in each one. So yeah. people tell me all the times, Oh, you used to live here and live there. And I'm like, but Utah's, you, you literally get all four. Yeah. And every year it changes how long each one is. Some are longer than others. Yes. Um, but I love all four seasons. Yeah. I feel like at the end of each one, I'm getting ready for the next one. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, bring it on. I'm ready. Well, there's so much to do, yep. right? So anyway, we got you on the podcast. You have a very impressive running resume, which we'll get into. Um, but, I mean, you do other things, and we'll kind of get into that as well. Um, but, you know, there's a couple things I do want to talk about and focus on. So, you know, a little bit of your background, um, you know, just I'm going to throw out some races you've done. River of No Return, 108K. Bighorn, mm-hmm. 100. Bear, 100. Run Rabbit, one, Run, 100. Those three 100s, Bighorn, Bear, Run Rabbit, just those three I named right there, um, you've all finished under 30 hours. Mm-hmm which in itself is super impressive. Um, 27.15 at Bighorn, fourth place female. That's pretty stout. I'm sorry. Um, this this is the part that makes people uncomfortable as I like to talk them up because mm-hmm. this is impressive. Uh, River No Return, 108K, same thing, fourth uh, female. Bear 100 in 20, what was that, 25, 26, 28? Yeah, 26, 28, my eyes are bad, uh, fifth female. But you've done El Vaquero, one of my all-time favorite races, um, you've got a pretty impressive resume. Thank you. And you just, your most recent one was um, last September. I forget we're in 2024 sometimes, so I say September. But last September, 2023, uh, Run Rabbit Run, and you ran in the hair division. Yeah. Which is, that's impressive in itself. That was super intimidating. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't always the the intention when I was signing up for run rabbit run. Um, it was something I had looked at. Um, but before I signed up, I looked at it again. I thought, no, you know, that's not, that's not me. I'll sign up as a tortoise. And I sent a text to Seth, like just a screenshot of, you know, my order confirmation. And he's like, you signed up as a hair, right? And, (laughs) and I was like, no. And, and I, just I so I second guessed everything again and I looked back through it and he's like, You could totally do it under thirty hours. You know, there's different requirements for the hairs. You okay, start later. Okay. Um so tortoises start at nine, hairs start at noon. Um, and you do have a thirty hour cutoff where tortoises have a thirty six hour cutoff. Um you also cannot use a pacer at all as a hair. 
And so that was super intimidating for me. I'd never done a hundred, you know, through the night without a pacer. Um, and it used to be, you also couldn't use poles as a hair, but they've changed that rule. They just changed that this year. Um, but there were just a few things that it was really intimidating looking at. And, but so Seth made me go back and look at everything and really kind of pumped me up. And so I sent a quick email and I was like, Hey, you know, can I switch it to a hair? And they were like, absolutely. Like wow. good on you. And so, so then I was in as a hair and it was, I don't know, it was scary for me, but I, I say it's good to do things that scare you a little bit. It, you know, pushes you out of your comfort zone and helps you figure out what you're capable of. And so, yeah. So, so when you say that, cause there are some different, like you said, a 30 hour cutoff, they did allow poles, no pacers. Did anything change um, leading up to the race? Did you train any differently at all? Did you, I want to say second guess yourself, but was there a little bit more planning, you think, um, going into that where it's been a little, where it's a little new, I guess, and some of that? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to feel very prepared going into it. And so, you know, I'd be out on trail runs with friends and I would tell them, you know, I'm like really scared about this. And of course they're all like, oh, you'll be fine. And <laughs> that's what friends are for. That's what friends are for. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, I, I felt like maybe I even, I did a ton of climbing and I was just really trying to be super prepared for it. Also just the planning. Um, you know, I usually don't run with music or anything like that. Um, but I thought, yeah, maybe through the night I, where I don't have a pacer or somebody to talk to, maybe I'll want to listen to music, something to keep me awake and in it. Um, and so I, you know, kind of got a playlist together and experimented one trail run with headphones <laughs> just to see how it would feel. Cause I usually don't ever run with any music or anything, but, um, yeah, so I, I prepared a little bit different that way. And then it's funny, you like, you sign it for the race, you think you have all this time to prepare, and then it comes pretty quick, and you just get in what you get in. But Deal with what you got. Yep. So I want to put you on the spot a little okay. bit. Okay. So, Bighorn, mm -hmm. Bear, Run, Rabbit, Run, toughest of the three. Oh, <laughs> that's a good Course question. Course-wise. Course-wise, uh, I'm going to say bighorn are you yeah um run rabbit run i found that to be a lot more runnable than i thought it was going to be going into it i thought it was more looking at like their race description the elevation profile and stuff i thought there was more climbing than there would be a lot of the uphills are actually fairly runnable i thought it was more runnable um on run rabbit run than i thought i probably would have trained a little bit differently because i did a ton of um, vert training for it but so I and just the conditions bighorn are tricky you did, you did bighorn when was that in 2022 mm -hmm. right what was the weather like because it is it's like super sloppy yeah. muddy or not or was your year decent so usually they say you either get a muddy year at bighorn or a hot year at bighorn and they said our year we got both oh lovely so that was really cool <laughs> yeah um, it was super hot that day so um you know yeah starting out it was because they start at 11 it's, or it's a later start yeah. too yep yeah. in the afternoon so I was already you don't get a like 
get a few miles done while it's cool, I was already. And you start off with a pretty decent little couple climbing. Yeah. I mean, you go where the start is, you have like a trail that's runnable if you can yes. get away from the pack but then there's a good there's a good hump climb right it's a right? good climb <laughs> yeah. and it kind of caught me off guard a little bit yeah. i i think i went out a little too hot on that one and just it being hot and i maybe overdid it a little bit at the first it surprised me cuz i all i knew was bear that was my only 100 mile experience before that one and so i I just naively thought they would feel somewhat similar. Bear starts off with a decent climb yeah, too, and but so it's at like six a.m. Yeah, but it's yeah, <laughs> it's still dark outside, and um, so that climb really kind of kicked my butt right off the bat, and I was not feeling good, and I wasn't even till like the first aid station, and I was not feeling good, um, but so that one's hard. I think the terrain is hard. Um, toward, you know, the turnaround, it's an out and back, Bighorn's an out and back, mm -hmm. and toward the, where you turn around to come back, the trail's typically quite muddy, um, even on a dry year, I think it's pretty muddy, um, and so conditions at that race are hard, I think it also has a decent amount of climbing, and maybe the out and back thing is tricky for people too, you know what you've just been through, and mm -hmm. so to make yourself... You know what's Leave Jaws, you know what you just went through, and it was kind of awful. It was hard, and so to make yourself go back out, I think that's that's a tricky part. What's Run Rabbit Run? Is it a loop course? So Run Rabbit Run is also an out and back, but it's not it's not all common trail. So on your way out, there's one section that's just an out and back, and you only do that on the way out. You mm -hmm. don't do that section coming back, and then you hit all of the same aid stations, but like on your way out, you'll kind of curve around to one side and do different trail. And on the way back, you would curve around the other side. So there's some common trail. So it is an out and back. And then it like at the end where you would turn around to come back, you do a loop there back to the same aid station too. So it's kind of an out, an out and back, but not the whole thing isn't the same trail. It's like Bighorn is a legit out and back. Yes. And then you got the bear, which is point to point. Mm -hmm. So they are kind of different. But, I mean, conditions aside, you know, no conditions involved, what would you think? And I, I, I like how you said that. Some people are different, whether it's an out and back, point to point, you know, knowing what's ahead, not knowing what's ahead. Some people like that or loops. Course overall, though, would you say Bighorn would be a tougher course? Yeah, I think Bighorn, for me, I guess it depends on your strengths. For yeah. me, Bighorn was tough. It has pretty long, sustained climbs and descents, um, where something like Bear, it has a lot of climbing too, but it's kind of broken up. You go up, you know, you hike up, and then you jog down to an aid station, and then you leave the aid station, you hike up again, and then you jog down to another one, and it's kind of broken up with the climbing a little in shorter sections, I think. Bighorn you feel like in some of those sections you're just climbing Forever. and climbing <laughs> and climbing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I dropped at mile 50 at Bighorn and it was a hot year. Okay. Like a really hot year. Um, and again, I'd never been on the course. So we started, I started way too aggressive for me mm -hmm. and not drinking as much because you know, it was early in the race. Yeah. You oh, feel I good. was dead. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then as we got further into the race, they ran out of ice. They ran out oh, of a yeah. lot of food. And I was, I remember hearing was all oh, the aid stations are loaded with food. And I don't blame the race. I mean, I, you should pack your own to be prepared, which I had some, but nothing sounded good. So uh -huh. I hit the 50 mile mark. I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm good. Yeah. But 
now that I look back, I should have suffered the last 50 because the ride out of there oh. takes forever. <laughs> that That is one thing about Bighorn is there's not an easy drop, oh, I don't think, not. anywhere. Uh-huh. And so that is a good motivator to just... Oh, what, if you knew what you knew, that's all I can remember. But, yeah. But yeah, I, it's, uh, it is a tough, but it's a beautiful course, it too. It is beautiful. That and Sheridan, Wyoming is spectacular. Oh, that it, it is a special place. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about it out and back, too, is you maybe get to see most of the course or all of the course in the daylight, which that's kind of cool too. And and also sometimes even though it's the same trail coming back, it feels totally different. Well, and it's like the race I mentioned earlier, which is my favorite course is El Vaquero Loco, right? Oh yeah. Like it's an out and back, but it looks different both directions. I mean, the views are different. I remember one of the first times I ran it, I'm like, oh, there's some waterfalls. I didn't see them on the other, the way out, but it's coming back. I did. And just the views are different. And so I... I don't mind an out and back. Um, sometimes for me, I like knowing what's coming, you know, so I can either A, cry, or B, uh, maybe get some more calories in me if I know a climb's coming up. Yeah. Um, the loop courses, like multiple loops on a course, are my least favorite, and mm-hmm. I try not to ever run those the rest of my life. That's how much I like those. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like where it depends on on the race. But River No Return is 108K is very tough course. It's a tough course. For, for not a 100-miler. For That one's pretty, pretty brutal, like probably too yeah um it is a tough course there's a a decent amount of climbing you get a pretty high elevation in a few places also um but I really enjoyed that course too it is beautiful and I loved all the different sections to me it was really cool each section felt totally different um and I just yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that course. There's also some really great runnable stuff if you like that. You know, whatever plays to people's strengths. There's some great climbing, but also some good runnable stuff. And it was, I really enjoyed that course. And you get up, you know, a couple of those climbs. You're above tree line. It looks totally different. And then another section, you're kind of in this marshy, like by the, you're crossing the stream like 12 times back and forth. I mean, it's just a total mixed bag of conditions. And then another part, you're just running through the pine trees. Like it's, it's a really fun course. I really enjoyed that race. It's put on really well. And I had a good time there. Well, let me get back to Run Rabbit Run because it's interesting. You know, you've done a lot. We'll get into some more stuff here in just a minute. But how, now that you've done a, a race like that with, you know, no pacers, you know, some of the different rules, you know, there is, even though the cutoff is 30 hours, you finished under that. I imagine that adds a whole different element as well, because your cutoff is shorter, right? So you didn't have a 36 hour. So it's like, okay, again, my mindset's different here. I don't want to be close to a cutoff Mm -hmm. because they cut off at aid stations before that. Overall, how did you feel about that race with those things compared to like a bear or a bighorn? Yeah, that was actually a huge difference in how the race felt to me. And I, I don't know that I was prepared for that going into it. I think I thought I was, you know, I had told my friends, yeah, I signed up as a hair, but I might be like the DFL hair. (laughs) And I was like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, it's still cool. Like still under 30, it's still under 30. I'm, you know, I'm showing up on the line with these incredible athletes and I get to be there. And that's a really cool thing. Um, but so, yeah, right out of the gate, I was almost the DFL hair, like right off the bat. Um, it starts up a super steep climb. And but I just I've done 100 miles and I don't want to go out too hot. And so I was just, you know, doing my thing. And um, there was another gal back with me and 
she was just kind of like, wow, um, you know, here we are (laughs) at the very back of the pack, you know, and it's like, it's okay. And we talked for a little bit and I just said, sure, like we signed up as hares, but we're going to be smart like tortoises. We're just going to pace well and we're going to do this thing. And, um, but it was a little bit stressful. So, you know, the tortoises had started at nine, I 9 a.m. I think and we started 12 so they were hours ahead of us already so truly we were the very last people in the race so when we came into that first aid station I had never had that feeling of these aid station people are just waiting for us to come in here and it felt really different it was a little bit stressful Um, and then coming into almost the turnaround point for the out and back I came into that aid station and Seth was there And he, you know, usually he's super pumped to see me. He's just lifting me up, giving me all the good vibes and pep talk. And I could tell he still, you know, was very supportive, but I could tell he was just a little bit more serious. He's usually just pretty funny and we're having a good time. And just how serious he was, I was like, oh, no, like I am really close to cutoffs. (laughs) Um, And so... He was just like, you know, he asked me how I was doing and I had had a little bit of a rough time out there. I took a wrong turn, got off course just a little bit, um, just kind of mentally, you know, deflated me a bit and then just wasn't feeling super great. And so I was in a little bit of a lull. And so I got a little bit emotional as he's asking me how I'm doing. And and then he was just like, okay, you know, from that aid station, I had to do a loop and then come back to that same aid station. He's like, on paper, you've got it taking you this long, um, but you've got to be back here. And he gave me like a time. You got to be back here at this time. And I was just thinking like, okay, you know, (laughs) sure. Like, I feel like crap, but I'm going to try. Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. Yeah. So he's like, we're going to come to this aid station. We're going to get you food and then we're going to get you out. And he was just like all business, like telling me what was going to happen. And, and he's like, you're just, and he, he always has the great things to say to motivate me. And he said, you're going to move with a purpose. And so I got to the aid station. I got these hash browns that were so good. (laughs) They were the best hash browns I've had in my life. So I'm like, leave the aid station. I've got this cup and like fork in my hash browns. And it's a little bit of climb out of there. So I'm hiking. And I did like, I just kept that in my head, move with a purpose. And I, um, I was able to make up quite a bit of time on that loop. I finally felt a little bit better and um, I started catching up to people. I didn't feel quite as alone out there. Um, tortoises had picked up hairs. And so you're hearing conversations out on the trail and it was just, it felt fun and I felt like I was moving a lot better. And so I got back to that aid station and he was like, yeah, <laughs> like super excited for me. And I had made up quite a bit of time. I wasn't pushing cutoffs quite as much, which, which was a really good boost. But that was, that was different with the hair starting as a hair. Cause they have the cutoffs built really for everyone. So if you're running as a tortoise and doing that race, they'll warn you, Hey, these cutoffs are super generous at the first for tortoises. So if you're pushing cutoffs as a tortoise right off the bat, you're probably going to be in trouble. Yeah. And then, you know, the later you get into the race, um, those cutoffs would start coming a lot earlier because they have like such a wide range for the cutoffs. But I pushing cutoffs, feeling like I was dead last in the race. I had not had that experience before. And it was it was 
kind of tough mentally. I think it just wore on me a little bit. I felt a little bit stressed during the race. And and that adds to a little bit of everything because it is, I mean, you get in these big long races. I mean, there's that physical component that mm-hmm. you're training for. But that mental side is, to me, almost the toughest one because yeah. there's more that plays into that, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got, you know, how you're feeling, what you're eating, you know, the cutoffs, you know, you get in your head a lot, whether it's the temperature, or am I eating enough, am I drinking enough, is it the trail conditions, are people passing me, am I passing people? I mean, there's just so many things that can get in your head mentally. Yep. So I think sometimes, you know, you talk about, now when you look back on that serious Seth, we'll call him, <laughs> I mean, that had to be helpful though, too. Like you had somebody there that's just kind of like, okay, here's what we got to do, right? Sure. Because sometimes when you are stressed or a little your focus maybe is off a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of panic mode. Yeah. So to have that calming presence, even though, you know, maybe the poker face wasn't on, so you <laughs> felt like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm behind, was probably helpful, right? Okay, here's the game plan. Boom, boom, just go do your thing. Yeah, super, super helpful. Yeah, I think that's so huge. It's one of the biggest parts of ultra running that I love is having your support crew. And yeah, when you've been out there running for hours and hours and maybe you're a little depleted on calories, energy, all of that, you're not always thinking super clearly. And so to have somebody that knows what you need and is able to communicate that clearly to you, um, it's really helpful. Well, and so I just pulled up just for fun because I hadn't looked yet, but like on the 100 mile hairs for 2023, um, there were 102 starters. Mm Mm-hmm. 41 DNFs, uh-huh. almost 50% of the field. Yeah. I mean, it's very close. I'm not going to do the math because I don't close. like math. Yeah. Uh, but there were 51 finishers. So literally, you know, even a bad, like you say, you know, I was near the end and I was stressed, but there were 41 hairs. So we're not talking, you know, I mean, again, being in that division, probably some more, I don't know the best way to put it, you know, a little more experienced, fast, whatever you want to look at. So still, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Over almost half the field DNF'd, you still finished mm-hmm. under 30 hours. Yeah. With all of what you're just mentioning, that's that's got to feel good too, though, right? It does feel good. Yeah. It's, it's easy, I think, to beat yourself up over little things. But, and I do think I felt a little bit more defeated right after that race. Like Seth asked me if I would sign up and do it again as a hair. And at first I was, how, how long did he wait before I asked you that? It was only a day. See, that's, that's wrong, Seth. <laughs> so that was a little, that was <laughs> a little too fresh. 48 hours, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> like you gotta wait just <laughs> yeah. a little bit. What did you tell him? I told him no. Then and, I was just like, no way. Yeah. Um, I, cause I think it felt really stressful to me. Um, and I had a hard race just, and so it, it beat me up, I think physically and mentally. Um, but now looking back, I am able to see those things like, you know what? Yeah, I did. I went for it. I signed up as a hair. I was brave and did that. And I did. I finished under 30 hours. I still did the thing. Like, that's what I went out there to do. Um, and I going into it, I did feel like, yeah, there's a good chance I could be the very last of the Which hair finishers. And I, I wasn't. It was close, but I wasn't. And I still did it. And, and so I, I am proud of that. And I... Well, I think now too, if you were to do it again, all the, just even one time through, just the added experience, right? Not just of the course, but the mental side. Okay, I can run without a pacer. I've done it before, yeah. right? Um, Thirty-hour cutoff. I've done it before. So I think that adds the element that might have been, 
or what, what you're saying could have been a difficult part of the race, right? Just an unknown and a mental side of things. So you've done it now. Mm-hmm. So again, and now knowing the course, you know, you could maybe train differently. So I think the outcome could be much different, right? Yeah. Tech, I mean, think when you think about it, so like you said, you've thought through it. Can you see places where if you did it again, you'd make changes? Yeah, for sure. I would train differently. It is, I would say it is a runner's race, run, rabbit, run. Um, there is a lot of running to be had on that course. So I spent a lot of time hiking and climbing and I would definitely change my training for that. I also, it, so it gets up above 10,000 pretty quick, that very first climb. And it starts out high. You're already, I think just below like 7,000 at the start. And then right out of the gate, you climb up to Mount Warner and it's just above 10,000 and you kind of hang out pretty high for a good portion of the course. And I don't think the altitude affected me too much until on my way back and going back to Mount Warner, I was feeling really terrible. Um, In the moment, I didn't really know what it was. Um, but I was just all of a sudden I was breathing really quickly. Um, even though I wasn't like running, like sprinting, but I was, I was breathing like I was sprinting, just really short of breath. Um, my, I started like wheezing really loud at first. I thought somebody was talking behind me and then I realized it was just me breathing (laughs) and, um, my extremities started to swell, like my arms were getting really swollen. Um, so looking back now and talking with Seth, he's like, you had HAPE or high altitude pulmonary edema, not high altitude sickness, but it's something you can get from exerting too much at altitude and it can help happen at lower altitudes. And so, um, I think I would prepare a little bit differently with the altitude too. I did try to get out for some good high altitude runs. Um, but also just maybe on that loop where Seb pumped me up, then I maybe went a little too hard there and through a few sections trying to, you know, go a little quicker. I think maybe I overexerted a little bit too much and then, um, well, ended could, up with a little bit of problem with my lungs. And so, well, that could be like when you're in that moment, like we always talk about, I need to make up time, right? right? So you find a section that's like, okay, this is runnable downhill, flat, whatever. I need to make up some time. So maybe you would go a little bit harder than you normally would could contribute to what you're talking about too, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, on the, so it's interesting on the run rabbit run. So they've got, we've talked about the hares and the tortoises. So Mm -hmm. the hares, we had 102 start 51 and 41 on the tortoise side, 252 finishers. Mm -hmm. And I think there was, I'm scrolling so fast. There was like a hundred, 103 uh, DNFs. So much larger race. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but it just shows you the difference, um, between what do you, what do you call that? The, the, not the tortoise there. The, I'll come back to that, but yeah, the, it's the difference in the size of the race between the hares and the tortoises, right? Yeah. There's still a lot of people out on the trail. It's still a lot of people, but it did feel weird at that start line. It yeah. was a small, it was a small group of people. Yeah. And so at the, you know, I was with people till the first aid station and pretty close to the second. And then after that, you're kind of in no man's land for a little while until we, until I started catching up to, 
um, a few of the tortoises and stuff. But that was a different feel. Like you, it was a really small start line, a very for a hundred, like a big race. Yeah, and there's a fifty miler as well um, out there for the. The uh, run, rabbit run, and steamboat, but um, it was a course good though. Like the course, pretty course, set up well. Yes, I yeah. did like the course. There are some really cool, pretty sections in there. Okay. Um, the first climb, you know, you're just it's like at a ski resort. Yeah. Um, but once you hit that first aid station, you start on this single track, and it was so good. I loved that section. Um, just super flowy and really fun. Just kind of got in a good groove there. You go down to the Fish Creek Falls, which is really pretty. It gets kind of technical down at the bottom, but that's fun. And you climb back out of there. Um, and then on your way out, you do like, I think it's like the Continental Divide Road. It's just a like a double track road. But there still are pretty views off of that. But then on your way back, you get to go through this one section that's like a, I don't know, I'm not a mountain biker, like a triple black diamond mountain bike course. <laughs> so there's sections you'll come to and it's over all this granite rock. So the trail oh. is marked with like Karens and, you know, white paint to follow the trail. Cause all of a sudden the trail will just stop and there's all these rocks and you'll have to make this big move to climb up. But I really enjoyed that section too. Um, there was a lot of really pretty course. Overall, I really, really did enjoy the course a lot. It's Cause, cool. Because that's what I like to ask guests, especially the races I haven't done, is just like the overall course. Because that's, you know, for me, it's about the experience of being on a course. Because you've run some amazing courses. When I look just at your ultra sign up, and there's two that I really want to focus on now. The first one, amazing course I've seen you done the, of, have done, the Nordic Valley 7K. Oh, yes. Now I've heard nothing but amazing things about this event. That trail that day. Do you remember that year? <laughs> I do remember year? that year. Yeah. It was, yep. it was like, it had just snowed. Yep. We got feet All of night. snow. Yep. Yeah. People running up their waist. That was a race that uh, Joel Hatch and I used to put on for a while. 7K <laughs> on a ski resort. Super fun. That was a great one. But here's my question I'm going to ask you. So, you know, those that are listening, she keeps bringing Seth up. And if you've heard in the past, we've had Seth Waddups on the podcast um, just within the last couple months um, talking about um, his running. Um, but there's a race that I want to ask you about that I asked him about that you've run. And I want to get your thoughts on it. The McDonald Forest 50K. Mm. How would you how would you describe that race? I mean, you're smiling pretty big right now, so I'm already getting good vibes on it. But how would you explain that race? Oh, it is so fun. Yeah. It is beautiful. It was one of those races where you should probably be watching your feet and watching where you're going, but you just can't take your eyes off the scenery. It's just green, beautiful Oregon forest. So, so fun. I loved that race. Because I've been wanting to do that race for so long. And mm -hmm. so, but I hadn't talked to people that have done it much uh, at all almost until Seth came on and man he when he started talking about it you could see his face yeah. and I'm like that's my kind of course it is so good I would definitely recommend it so and correction so Seth was talking about it and so and we had ran that race with a few friends we went out there and after the race we were all it was really cool um, on each section, something cool that that race did before you would get to a new section of trail, they had a sign out and it would say, you know, how many miles to the next section. Oh, yeah. And then also said what that section of trail was called, which was cool. So then when we all got to the finish line, we were like, Oh, 
What about this section? So Seth called it Fairyland. Yeah. That's at Bryce. I don't, he's confused. I I figured. So the section of trail that he was thinking of is playground. And that really was what, I mean, it just felt like we're kids at a playground. It was so fun, just smooth, flowy, rolly. And then the scenery is just gorgeous. It, I had a blast at that race. Well, I keep I'm keeping my eye on it's May, it's May fourth. Mm-hmm. It's and, always like Mother's Day weekend, which is great because I'm not a mom. Yeah, so it works out great. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but May fourth is in Corvallis. It is on my. I keep watching the registry. They cap it at 300 mm-hmm. right now. As to date, it's, there's 129. So there's I'm I'm watching it closely. So okay. if it if it was like a two two ninety eight right this second, I'd register. Just, I would just do it yeah. right. Um, but yeah, that's one I, I I'm so close to doing. Just driving Just up for it. the weekend, yeah, hitting the race. Um, but there's also it's funny on May 5th, um, in Sisters, uh-huh. there's a race. There's a 50k and a half marathon. Uh-huh. Now again, I'm not I'm not a fit dude, right? But I thought, man, it'd be kind of fun because I love Sisters area. Yeah, it'd be so fun to drive up run the McDonald 50K on May 4th and just come home and run a half marathon before I can, you know what I mean? It's kind of wow, fun, right? Yeah, so, I like that. Anyway, that's still on the list, but I wanted to hear more about Mc, uh, McDonald Forest Race because there's so many in the Northwest that appeal to me, but that's definitely one. And a lot it appeals to me too is because I hear a lot, it's kind of that, and we'll say the words, I'm sorry, it's like that old school yep. mom and pop, you know, really cool. Yes to me what trail running used to be when I started and yep. so that's what really appeals to me on that one yeah the the vibe of that race yeah is, it's I like El Vaquero-ish you. you know those types of things those are still my favorite type yep. not that I don't like others but there's just something about those other special races you yep. know with a little bit of history um a little bit of keeping it small I mean this one's been around since 1996 so yeah. it's been around for a while as well um, okay so there's yep. another there's another check mark potential Yes. you know, talking to you. So I'm saying just sign up, just yeah, sign up. Just yeah. Do it. I can't and do that. Marathon. Yeah. I, like I, a great plan. I it sounds it. fun yeah. in theory, but I'm like that, that McDonald force will probably beat me up pretty hard and then I'm going to drive. So that that's good for you right after. Yeah. A race. You feel really. Yeah. Just... And then, and then the sisters race that I'm looking at, they say the half marathon's like really, really runnable. And I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, Like you just need to go for a nice hike after <laughs> running like, hard at the mat. Because if people are doing the half, they're probably running it, like training for a half marathon then some you know i show up they're like i'm just wanting to kind of walk this thing yeah. and come on it's just a loosener <laughs> um but yeah i got grand plans but they rarely come to pass but that one you should make happen okay i'll think about it well the other thing so let me ask you some you've done iron man as well i have correct yeah. you've mm-hmm. done coeur d'alene is that the one i did coeur d'alene and that was only a few years ago yes okay so i had originally signed up for saint george iron man because I figured just logistically, that's easy for me. It's in Utah. Um, and they were only doing the full Ironman in St. George every... I, they just started it. I think they were doing a three-year rotation. I had signed up for it. Then COVID happened and threw a wrench into all the plans. So they canceled that one. They tried to postpone it. I trained like three times for this Ironman. <laughs> three hard cycles. Three hard. And by the time, you know, because, and I get it. Like you don't want to cancel a race yeah. until you absolutely have to. So basically I'd be almost to taper time and then they would cancel the race. So, um, I, honestly, I'm super glad it worked out like it did. They had to keep canceling St. George, and then they gave us a few options to sign up for, and Coeur d'Alene was one of them. And just looking at it, 
I was like, okay, because I wanted a tough one. Like Iron Man, St. George Iron Man, it's got a, the run is hard. It's pretty hilly as well as the bike. Um, and so Coeur d'Alene is also famously a tough bike course. It's got a lot of elevation gain. I think they say, I'm trying to remember now. I think it's like 7,000 feet on the huh. bike climbing, which is decent for yeah. an Ironman. So, um, but just looking at Coeur d'Alene, it looks like a super cool place. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, let's just go for it. We'll go to Coeur d'Alene. And I'm really glad it worked out that way because Coeur d'Alene, I would say, is my kind of Ironman. It's, yeah. it's more pine trees yep. and you swim in the lake. And when I finally got there and because it had taken me, you know, like three, <laughs> three. cycles <laughs> of training, I was so just grateful to be there. Yeah. It was, it ended up being a really cool, special day. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it is, like you said, it's your kind of thing. So what's, what's the diff? I'm going to say difference. That's probably the wrong word, but what's, what's the, the vibes like between like an Iron Man, uh-huh. right? And then like Run Rabbit or McDonald Forest. You know what I mean? Like the, the trail run ultra side yeah. versus like the full on Iron Man. I mean, what's the vibes like? Uh, it's, it's funny cause there definitely are differences. Yeah. Um, I think you get those hardcore serious people at Ironman that have all the gear, all the spandex and they're super serious. Even just sometimes I'll do, I'll sign up and do a road marathon or something. And we start out and like, no one's talking <laughs> and I'm like, everyone's just breathing. And I'm like, wow, we are serious today. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you show up at McDonald forest and you're just chatting with everybody on the trail. It's, I feel like it's just more chill, relaxed. People are maybe a little less serious. I don't know. Maybe they just don't take themselves as serious. You're just out there to have a good time and have the experience be what it is. I mean, I'm not saying this, this is all very generalized and um, people are different in all different areas but overall i would say sometimes people are like really hardcore serious with all the gear and and that kind of thing with an iron man versus a trail race i think people show up and just have what they have and they're just there to have a good time well so i've had this discussion because obviously the the easy correlation on all the podcasts we've done is like we get a lot of uh road runners road racing coming over to the trail side main that's like the big transition right and so it's fun talking to those types of folks, and they're like, man, trail running is so different, so much more relaxed, not as stressful. Mm-hmm. People are more serious. And some of the questions we talk about, well, is it, is it prize money that makes it stressful, sponsors that make it stressful? And they're like, yes, but there's there's only a few people that are really doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like when you step up to a marathon, there's a very small group of people that think they're going to podium. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, so the money's not really the thing. I think it's just the, you know, there's like differences in training, mm-hmm. the seriousness of, you know, splits and, yeah. you know, pace and everything else where, you know, in a trail run, you want some of those things for sure, mm-hmm. but you can't dictate them as easy, you know, because like, okay, I got to keep my pace under eight minutes. Well, now you got a 2000 foot climb. That ain't going to happen, buddy. Yep. Yeah. You know? So I think that's interesting because I have talked to a few people that in Ironman's and very similar. So like it's the same thing, only there's a very small percentage that are thinking they're going to win. Yeah. But you also have people that, 
you know, would be considered like me a middle of the packer that show up with, you know, a $15,000 bike, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I see the difference now. <laughs> so I think it's just interesting because yeah. I, we see that a lot and you hear that a lot with, with the ultra running community. You know, yeah. you still have that pocket of people that might be more serious than others. But if you take, if you name in your head right now, you think of the three or four of what we would consider like elite ultra runners, Mm -hmm. you kind of would put them in your head and you're like, oh, they're kind of goofy or they're fun. You know, they're, they don't seem as serious. Right. And I think that's, it's interesting on the Ironman side because it is a lot different. Yeah, it is a lot different. I think the pace thing, like you were talking about is a big factor. I started out as a road runner too, and then came to the trail and I had kind of gotten to that point in my road running where it did start to stress me out a little bit because it is really easy to get caught up in, okay, I got to hit this exact pace. And it's, it's easy to dictate when the terrain is not very variable. But then all of a sudden I got introduced to the trails and it became about, oh, I'm just going to go up to Lewis Peak today and it's just going to take however long it's going to take. I'm just going there. I'm not looking at my pace at all. And it came at a really good time for me where I didn't have to beat myself up for going out for a run that I felt like was too slow. So, Well, I think the trail running side, I mean, being involved with it as long as I have on various levels, never been a serious runner, never been a top 25% finisher, anything like that. Um, it's just interesting when you do talk and you see people mentality wise of, oh yeah, I, uh, I won that race and I finished second at that race and People like most of the trail running community, for lack of a better word, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. I don't want to say they don't care, but it's like most in the trail running community run for themselves, right? Yeah. Like a challenge for myself. I'm trying to PR my own thing. I'm trying to overcome this. I'm trying to challenge myself to a longer distance. So that's why sometimes I think you can we've had them on the show and it's been fun too when we brought them back years later is like yeah when I first got into trail running I was too serious mm-hmm. you know yep. and then I found like the trail running community was a lot different so it didn't matter right because yeah. you talk about the pace thing and there's still people out there and you know a lot of people that would be like hey I'm gonna run today at this pace or in a training block but at the end of the day where we live especially and I know this happens all over the world you run into people you know, yep. right? So you're, you're most of the time going to stop and say hi, yep. you know, because I've done it before where you almost have to say hi because that's just what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not chasing Stravas. So no. that's why I love the trail running community. Nobody is caught up in finish times and winning races and anything else. Even the top athletes, you know, don't hang their hat on winning races. It's more the community, yep. right? And I think that's the difference. The trail running community can see through people with the wrong why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And I I think that's what really, when I came to the trails from road running, I absolutely fell in love with the community. And each race I would either go to or race at, just either at the aid stations or just the people that you would talk to while you're out there, I just, it really resonated with me. And I just had such a good time. And every race I do, I'm like, oh, yep. This, yeah, this is why I love it. It's definitely the community. And I remember, so I came from a very competitive soccer background. And I just remember to myself, when you play sports, when you, whatever, whatever level, individual team, you don't necessarily train to finish second. 
Yeah. Right? Like you're trying to win. Yeah. That's the goal. I mean, yeah, there's the everybody has fun and participate, but you're trying to win. That's why they keep score <laughs> or time. Um, and I remember my first ever trail race or, or uh, ultra. My first ultra was a 50K. It was four loops, which was ridiculous in itself. I will never do again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I literally, my first 50K, Green, uh, what was that? Greenland 50K in Colorado. Um, pretty good chance I could probably find the results. Definitely, definitely one of the last five people. Wasn't the dead last. Okay. Right? Because yeah. there was a guy in a wheelchair behind me, but I wasn't last. <laughs> okay. Um, I was so discouraged. Oh. I was. I was so discouraged because I thought, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. I'm literally finishing. This isn't the, this is not a joke. They were pulling. I made the cutoffs. It wasn't like I didn't finish, but they were taking the finish line stuff mm-hmm. down. There was no pizza left. The only thing I had left to drink was a Coors Light. Oh. I drank it anyway. Okay. I earned that Coors Light. <laughs> uh, but there was nothing. And I thought, what am I doing? Yeah. This is embarrassing. That's how I felt. I was so embarrassed. The friend with me was like, I've never been more proud of you yeah. than I am today. Love and that. he was a soccer buddy. And I'm like, really? We've done some pretty amazing things. Cool stuff, yeah. So then it took me a good six months mentally to figure out what trail running was, mm-hmm. really was, and what it meant to me. And I thought, okay, here's a place I can come and do what I want to do. I can do it just for fun while someone else is training their butt off to win, mm-hmm. and I could be friends with them. Or I can be training to finish something, a challenge to myself, and someone over here is just there to finish, right? Yeah. But I think at this, but you're there because you loved and you want to be there, yep. and that community changed my life Mm -hmm. the trail running community did because of what we're talking about right now it's just the approach what it feels like you don't know what anybody else is going through in that race so they finish first or last that's amazing yep right and you did it you did it and i think that's the beauty of it so you know it kind of goes back to the comparison but also when you're talking about and that's why i was smiling when you're talking about your experience in the hair event right it's like you were yeah. proud of yourself and i'm like yeah why wouldn't you be i mean you you finished a hundred mile race at first off yeah you towed the line always a win yeah you towed finished, the line yeah right? then you finish the race and it's a hundred mile or so yeah. that's it's the beauty of trail running yes yeah so what's the difference on the crewing and running side so you've got a spouse that does the same things mm-hmm. right so um, not long after you did a hundred miler without a pacer, Seth turned around and did a hundred miler without a pacer, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that like? Cause you crewed him mm-hmm. and he crewed you. Yeah. What's the mindset like on both sides of that? It's, it's a lot more fun to crew. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's stressful both ways, right? Because so this is like a side story, but when I was crewing Seth for that race, I ended up, I went out, I had planned, you know, based on when I thought he would be to the next aid station. And I went out to get in my car. I was still going to be there. I don't know, like hour and a half early than what I thought I needed to be. I had a dead battery. My car would not start and I'm in a different state. I have no one to help me. And I was just a little bit panicked. So sometimes it can be stressful crewing because you don't want to miss your runner. And you don't want to be the reason, you know, that they have something go wrong on race day. Um, You want to absolutely do everything you can to help them have an amazing day. So there is definitely some pressure that way, but it's also, it's so much easier and just more fun to crew. I love crewing. It's so fun hanging out at races. Um, 
I love showing up early. You get to start just talking to the other people that are there crewing their loved ones. You hear their cool stories of their why, why, why they're out there. And, and then you got to, you get to start seeing kind of the same people and you're like, okay, like Seth's going to be coming in. Cause I saw this gal and yeah. this guy and, and also those people, you start cheering for them too. Like, dude, you're doing awesome. Keep it up. And, and they recognize, they remember it too, yeah, right? That's yeah. the beauty of it. I mean, cause you're out there all day, and all I, night. And the fun, the fun thing sometimes can be where you're helping another runner cause maybe they don't have a crew, yeah but they're near who you're there for. And you're like, Hey, need some help. And they're always just so grateful. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, and when you've done those races, you know, somehow it's really hard to fill up your own water bottles yeah. when you've been out there for hours and hours and you just appreciate something so simple. You appreciate that so much, just a little bit of help. So it's fun. It's really cool um, to crew Seth though. And it's fun to have him help me. I know there's a lot of people that they don't have somebody that runs also and really knows what that feels like. But um, it's, it's cool that we, both really you know what it's like to be out there and it's been cool because he got to do it all first like he did the first 50 miler I got to see like oh okay <laughs> like either that's how you do it or that's how you don't do it he's your guinea pig he's the guinea pig which was great <laughs> we got to like test everything through him and also the first time I crewed him I didn't know what I was doing I had never been to it you know anything like that and I thought I knew what I was doing. And then eventually we picked up one of his buddies that he's really the one that got us into trail running. And we were waiting at the aid station. And then as Seth came in, he was like all over it. Like he was up to Seth, like taking his pack off, doing all the things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> here's what we're that's doing. That's <laughs> how you're supposed to crew. So I've gotten better at it, hopefully, um, over the years. But And it's cool like to be able to crew Seth and to have him crew me. Just like he knew what to say to me you know, at that turnaround, um, to let me know like, Hey, you are pushing cutoffs, but you're okay. And I'm going to help motivate you. And so it's good to have somebody that knows you and knows what you need. Like, do you need me to just, you know, comfort you? Or do you need me to help kick your butt a little bit? And it's, I always want comfort. Yeah. <laughs> I just want comfort. I'm a, I'm a comfort guy. Yeah. Well, now you, so you talk about that part of it. That's nice, right? Mm -hmm. Because of that. So let me ask you this next part that may be a little more challenging. Okay. Um, you and Seth both run. Yeah. And you have children. Mm -hmm. So how does that, is that a challenge to get uh, the runs each of you need in, whether it's a long run, weekend, nights, because, you know, kids do things in life too. They do. Yeah. So, I mean, is that kind of a challenge for you guys as well or is it? It can be. Yeah. I think our kids are getting older now and it's made it a lot easier when they were really young we would have to take shifts like, okay, Saturday long run, you get the morning, I'll, I'll go when you get back kind of a thing. Now the kids are older. We can actually leave them. We have like a built-in babysitter, which is nice. And so we can actually get out and run together now. Um, we do, you know, when you're training for a big, like a hundred miler, that's a lot of time. Your long runs are can be quite long on the weekend. So typically Seth and I will try to not be training for a hundred at the same time. So we'll kind of plan out our schedules that way um, and just kind of alternate. So we're not both, you know, needing to get out for a long run or we kind of make it where, okay, you're the priority right now. Like you're running is 
the most important. And if I get mine in, cool. If not, it's okay. Like I'll run, you know, to the soccer game or gymnastics. You I'll, know, run around the, the, I'll run around the field as the kids are practicing. I'll be that parent. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, you get your running. <laughs> so what? What is so with that? Do you have um, for twenty twenty four? Do you both have your plans? Kind of. I mean, you'd probably have to plan a little bit more than yeah. most, right? Yeah. So do you have your plans set for twenty twenty four? Twenty twenty four is fairly set. Um, there is still some wiggle room for a few things, but um, do you want me to go through my race I'm, plan? That's why I'm here. Okay, <laughs> now I'll have to. I'll put it out here. You've got to put it out it. there. This is what happens. Okay. Um, so I'm starting out. I am going to do the Rufa Malins okay. coming up. You're doing 24 hours though. I'm doing the 24 hours. Jeez, man. That's, well, good luck with that. Depending on the day and the lap of Malins, I... I think you're going to get 15 in. So that's 15. my guess. Wow. I'm going for 12. <laughs> <laughs> 15 seems like a lot. I'll send Seth to motivate you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, that, that would be a lot of motivation. I'm pretty sure that's the record. <laughs> well, that's why I said it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so Malin's and then Seth and I are both going to Boston. I think he mentioned that when he was on the podcast and then to run the marathon, to run the not marathon, not just to watch not, a game or anything. I mean, we'll probably <laughs> go to Mike's and get some cannolis and stuff too. But so you're both running Boston. We're both doing Boston, which is cool. And then Seth did get into UTMB. So that's cool. When did he find out about that? Did you not know? No. He's in. Gosh, I was going to ask you that. So he is in UTMB. He's in. Son of a gun. Are you going over too? Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jeez. So, I mean, those are kind of big trips, Boston and over to Chamonix. So oh, man. I'm trying to keep. I'm so jealous. <laughs> you can... go. I told Seth I was coming if he got in, but yeah. he didn't tell me. So that just means he doesn't want me to go now. He totally wants you. He doesn't or he would have told me he got in. Oh. That's why he, he didn't tell me. He posted it on his Instagram. I don't do that <laughs> when did he get in when did he find out just a few weeks ago oh so it's been a cut so he definitely doesn't want me going no Dang. he he wants you going all right so utmb what else you got so those are big so i think i'm gonna mostly try to just stay pretty local with my races i i'm just on the wait list for the bear but i'm pretty okay. high up so i'm planning on doing the bear this year okay. um and then I don't know. I'll fill in with just probably some other local things. I haven't decided for sure. I could go back and do Snow Peaks. I've done that one once oh, before. Yeah. I have not tackled the Speed Goat yet. Oy. And I have mixed feelings of... No one tackles it. You just <laughs> you do just it. You just do it and like, <laughs> suffer through. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you do. It's still not very good. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I should maybe... I don't know. I feel like it's a rite of passage. It's a rite of, of passage. Or something, I don't so even I know how you're on the do. podcast. You haven't done such a great beat go yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, that's yeah, that's by. probably why I haven't been on yet. It's because I haven't done <laughs> speed go. <laughs> well, that sounds like a pretty big year yeah. for both of you. Yeah. It's Seth, especially, like that's pretty cool to get to do like one anymore. of the biggest <laughs> road running and biggest like yeah. trail races in the in one year. That's pretty cool. That is pretty yeah, cool. It's a big year for him. Yeah, super cool. That's awesome. Um, wow, that's pretty impressive. What a good, what a good year you both have laid out, um, this year. Just make sure you do a lot of training for the elevation in Boston, Heartbreak Hill. <laughs> I've just heard about it. So make sure you get your elevation training yeah. for that. So. I'm hoping the, the thick air will help us run a little faster, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Well, that's great. What a, what a power running couple. We're Boston. lucky. Yeah. Well, that's cool. 
Well, we got uh, just a few more things to talk about. We'll we'll cut you out, cut you loose. Um, so we have an Ask Trail Manor segment. Um, so someone asked a question to me. Okay. And so I'm going to turn around and ask it to you as well. Okay. So you, you, you haven't been. I already know my answer. You have yeah, to come up here. Yeah, you didn't give pretty, me any time no, to prep. It's not how we do things here. Okay. So I got a, a email from Andrew Giles from Canada. Okay. Um, long time yeah. listener to the show. Great guy. Um, he sent an Ask Trail Manners. He says, "Who plays Eric in Trail Manners the movie?" doesn't have to be a runner. I'm like, well, I'm not a runner really either. So this is easy for me. Um, first of all, the trail manners, the movie just sounds cool. Yeah. Right. Like when I read that, I'm like, man, not about me, but like in general, that needs to happen. Um, but without hesitation on the answer, Jack Black. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Jack yeah. Black. I've, I've had so many people and I I'll take it, whatever. Um, I tell people it's not body shape, especially now. This has been a while. Yeah. People used to think, oh, man, you remind me of Jack Black. Mm -hmm. Mannerisms, different things. Yeah. But I literally went to a grocery store one time with one of my daughters, my youngest daughter, and the cashier was just like giving me the weirdest looks as we were approaching the register. And I'm thinking, okay, and now I'm getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. My daughter was getting uncomfortable because she, dad, she's staring at me. I'm like, I know, I know, you know. I get up there and she goes, oh my gosh, for a minute I thought you were Jack Black. <laughs> and I started laughing. My daughter started laughing and I, it was pretty funny. But I would have Jack Black. I just, I, I love, I, he's funny. Yep. Uh, seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Um, but that's who it would be. Yeah, I agree. So uh, who plays you in a movie about you? Oh, so I have been... I haven't been totally mistaken as someone like that story, but I've had a few people tell me I look like the most recent one I've gotten is Jaina Kramer. So, I don't know her. I'm not, a, I'm not an actress, actor person. I don't know. I've gotten that one. I've gotten what is she in? Selma Hayek before. Okay. Selma, I know Selma Hayek. And then there's another gal. I'm going to mispronounce her name, but it's like Bernice Bejo. She was in A Knight's Tale and then... That silent oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I remember her um, from A Knight's Tale. The Artist. I don't know if you ever saw that nope. movie. But I had two people. They went and saw it one weekend and then at work. They came the next week and they were like, I saw your movie. And That's I was funny. like, what? So I don't who's, know. Who was the people. first one? Um, Jaina Kramer. What is she in? She, I don't, I honestly don't know her very okay. well, but somebody told me a few weeks ago that that's who I looked like. So huh. I'm trying to think what she's in. I can't I'll have to look right that now. up because yeah. I, I don't know the, the name. I'm poor that way. So anyway, yeah, that's it. Jack Black. He's, he's, he's a fun dude. I wish he'd he's, do more stuff. He yeah. cracks me up. Um, so yeah, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're not off the hook yet. Okay. So I'm letting you know we got a lightning round. Oh, I'm going to try and, and do are, better than, and not pull a Seth. Uh, I love that. That's what we're using yeah. moving forward. And we used it with somebody else that was on the show after that. I said, you yeah. can't pull a Seth. My kids thought that was hilarious. That's awesome. They, they're like, oh, they said pull a Seth. <laughs> so that was their advice before I came on <laughs> don't today. Don't pull a Seth. Don't pull a Seth. Man. what I'm kind of nervous. He's going down in Trail Manor's lore. Yeah, he is. Okay. I'll, I like to start off with kind of easy ones okay. to, to get people rolling and these are not pre-selected okay these okay. are just ones I'm, I'm finding here so question one <clears throat> what is your pre-race routine morning of the race what's your routine oh I wake up I like have all my clothes that I just put on ready like make sure I have everything usually that's kind of laid out the night before okay. bathroom sunscreen breakfast i don't know that's it like it's, it's not really basic. like a legit have, routine no okay just go through all the things squirrels nut butter yeah yeah i like it 
Uh, when you're 80 years old, what's going to matter most? Oh, that's a good question. Um, don't pull a Seth. Don't pull a Seth. <laughs> I just, I think all the love and relationships that I've had with people, that's probably what will matter the most. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to get a message across to a large group of people, what would that message be? Oh, that's a good one, too. Um, There's no just, bad ones in lightning round. Yeah, I, these are good thinker <laughs> questions. Um, I would say just believe in yourself and, yeah, just know that you can do more than you think you can. I love it. Um, running or racing superstition? Oh, do you have any superstitions? I'm trying to think of Left shoe on first, tie your right shoe first, I, anything? I, Socks? I don't do anything like that. Sometimes I do, my girls will make like little bracelets and stuff. And so I I love when they have recently made me a bracelet and I'll try and wear that for a race. It helps me just, you know, when I'm, I'll glance at it and, and that helps me, I think, run better. Would you rather have a FKT or a CR? Ooh, I'm going to go like a course record at yep. a race. Yep. Would you have a course CR. record? I'm going CR. You want a course record yeah. over an FKT? Yeah. I like it. What should everybody have on their playlist? One song everybody needs on their playlist. Oh, um, Rome by the B-52s. Ooh, like it. <laughs> um, what song best describes you? Oh, oh no, I'm going to pull this. Um... Rome by B-52s. <laughs> no, I got to come up with something else. Best describes me. Um, oh, man. I feel like I have one, but I can't think of what it is. That's the beauty of lightning round. Oh, man. It's going to come to me later. Come back to that one. If you could pick one person to run on the trail with and pick their brain and talk to, dead or alive, who would it be? I want to run with the person that does the your boy Scott Jurek account <laughs> on Instagram on Instagram because I want to know who it is also I feel like that'd be a pretty good time because they're hilarious <laughs> that'd be pretty fun right yeah. <laughs> um, what can you do now that you weren't capable of about three years ago oh um I think I I can just I can be a little braver and put myself out there to go do something um that I probably wouldn't have done before. Like I, I guess if I want to do something specific, I've started doing some backcountry skiing and I, there's no way I would have done that a few years ago. Yeah. What have you learned from running? Oh, I have learned. I've learned how to um, just be more confident in myself and I've learned Oh gosh, I've learned so much. I've learned how to just be so um, just grateful um, for what my body can do, for what others do for me, for the beautiful trails. Like it teaches me how to be grateful. I'm going to go with grateful. Grateful. Yeah. Well, the next one, this is, how would you describe your future in three words? Oh, um, exciting, litty, <laughs> fire. Okay. I like it. <laughs> All right. What song best describes you? This is your last oh, chance. No. Ten seconds. Dang it. Oh. Why can I not think of something? You got one more question after this to end it. Okay. So you got that one. 
I'm just a girl. I got one. Got one. Got one. Last one. Okay. Favorite aid station food. Oh, quesadillas. Quesadillas. You love the just. Okay, I was gonna say just cheese, or we got the bacon, so that that knocks it out. So, well, see, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. I don't think you pulled a Seth. It was close. It was close. close. The audience. I'm looking at the audience over here in the corner. We really don't have an audience, (laughs) and they were giving you the benefit of the doubt. So, so far as the household goals, your household. You win. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of Seth work to do. I, Seth and I have some friendly competition going on sometimes. Too, do you? So well, we may get him that. back on the show if he does anything fun like UTMB in yeah. the future. I mean, I don't know if he is or isn't because he hasn't got a hold of me. But if he does, we might have him back on the show to talk about his path to UTMB if he yeah. does get in, which I wouldn't know if he does or doesn't because yeah. he hasn't let me know. When he finds out, I'll have him let Have him let me know? know. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Really appreciate you taking the time. You did a great. It's just fun to get to know you some of these other levels and just great insight into things too. I think that uh, it's always good to hear all these different perspectives because we, you know, trail running, there's so many pieces to it. You know, I mean, it's not just ultra running, which people think about. I know on the podcast, we talk about a lot of things, but in general, trail running is trail running, right? Um, There's not really a guidebook to it as many as are out there. I think you do it, find your why, do your why and stick to your why. Yeah. Right. I think that's the biggest thing. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, uh, please don't forget to share us with your friends. Um, go ahead and, you know, give us some give us some uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes and Facebook. Those always help. Um, but, yeah, we're so happy that you listened again. We're glad to be back again. The Trail Matters Podcast, episode number 330. I'm your host, Eric Manning, and I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Trail Matters Podcast. I'd like to thank Heidi Wadups for joining us today. I also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by our website at trailmanners.com. There you can check out the donate button or our store page for some cool Trail Manners gear. And both donations and purchases sure help the show. And you can always hit me up on the contact page or email me at manners at trailmanners.com. Let me know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Also, don't forget to share us with your friends. And if you could take just a minute to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Facebook, I'd greatly appreciate that. Don't worry, all these links are in the show notes. Until next time, this is Eric Manning still reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.